Prime Headlines is brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. This is Joy News Prime with me, Carlos Caloni. Coming up, special prosecutor and earth suspicious transactions in bank account belonging to Cecilia Dapa as Dead Brothers account continues to send large amounts to the former minister's account. We have exclusive details of the special prosecutor's latest efforts to free suspected tainted properties of Cecilia Dapa, revealing the former minister was making millions through companies belonging to her but registered with aliases. Also, some 68 foreigners and 211 persons identified as minors apprehended across various districts in the Ashanti region for attempting to participate in the ongoing limited voters registration exercise. We'll have prime business at 8 p.m. Energy Minister Dr. Matthew Pokupempe urges investors to explore opportunities in Ghana since the country is committed to clean energy. And Prime Business or Prime Sports will come your way at 8.30. Lawyers for Georgia Free Refuse, they have been poorly treated by the Appeals Committee and reveals decision to appeal the decision at the Court of Arbitration for Sports. We are your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. Stay tuned for all of these and more. Join News Prime Headlines was brought you buy don't take risks use a condom every time and thanks to Malatu, i kicked out malaya one time some spices yes sir it's a pleasure having you here on join us prime this evening now there are fresh dumbing allegations by the special prosecutor against former sanitation minister cecilia the as the OSP goes on the offensive in the latest attempt to confirm the seizure of suspected tainted properties belonging to Cecilia Tapa. You may recall the OSP seized millions of cash from the former minister and ordered the freezing of some bank accounts with her transactions of over 40 million cities in total. And Accra High Court refused to confirm the seizures and freezing order and directed the OSP to return the amount to Cecilia Tapa. Now, the special prosecutor complied, but is back in court seeking to get a seizure confirmed. Now, exclusive copies of documents filed in court by the OSP reveal the former minister allegedly has millions of cities, which the OSP says she could not prove the source, including fresh allegations that an account belonging to the dead brother of the former minister was still sending money to Cecilia Dapa's account. Now, I have been joined by my colleague Elton Brobe of our political desk, uh, for more on this particular development. Now, Alton, tell us, uh, according to the document, uh, there are several revelations. Could you please share with us the details of recent transactions that occurred in the former minister's uh, account, according to the OSP? Right, so Carlos, what we know already, remember that some time back, the OSP uh, undertook some searches in the home of Madame Siti the former Minister for Water and Sanitation uh, in separate places, cantonments, Abilimpe, and of course, Tessano. 
Now it came to light that the OSP uh, you know, discovered some money. And then in February, the OSP took steps to uh, seize the amount of money and also froze the accounts of Madame Cecilia Pam, uh, multiple bank accounts in two different banks. Okay. And then the matter was taken to court. And then the outcome, just like you alluded to, now the OSP took another step. And what we are learning this evening is, of course, the the the, the new uh, information that is coming through. Now, the OSP says that uh, criminal intelligence suggested that the first respondent, the first respondent in this case, hmm. is the Minister of Sanitation, uh, but a former, was engaged in undisclosed and undeclared real estate business in which he obscured and concealed the transactions by employing the use of aliases to avoid detection of the said amount now of the actual ownership of the business and properties whilst cleverly receiving the proceeds of the transaction in their bank accounts and investment now it goes on to give an example okay the osp says that for example uh, the first respondent Cecilia sold a snet boteman estate flat number btodbk4 under the name of one year, Nanaya Ode. Indeed, the, the OSP says that the first respondent appended her signature on all relevant correspondence with the buyer under the name of Nanaya Ode. Concerning the payment, first respondent, through her agent, gave the buyer her bank account. It was only at the point of payment at the bank that the agent of the first respondent revealed to the buyer that the true identity of Nanaya Ode was, in fact, the first respondent. And Madame Cecilia Abnadapa, onto whose account payment of purchase price of the 117,000 was to be made and effected. And the OSP attaches an uh, exhibit to back this claim uh, regarding the first correspondent, the first respondent, Naya Ode, uh, to the courts. And the, the expectation is that the courts will consider all of these you know, new revelations that have been put forth by the OSP mm. in granting uh, the confirmation. Uh, to further hold on to their bank accounts and the seize money. All right. So, what did the OSP find also regarding money in Cecilia the Pest resident, for instance? So, in the paragraph provided by the OSP, it says that uh, there was a deposit of uh, some, they retrieved some $800,000 from the home of Madame Cecilia Dapam. Now, Madame Cecilia Dapam, in her statement to the OSP, says that the money belonged to her deceased late uh, deceased brother. Now, what is instructive is that there is uh, an account in the name of this uh, deceased brother, and according to OSP, uh, between uh, late 2022 and then uh, around March of 2023, mm. there were some transactions from the deceased brother's account to Madame Cecilia Pires' bank accounts. And this is... The second transfer happened at the time the brother was dead. Now, the OSP's analysis conducted on the first responder bank accounts reviewed the following payment transactions into the account, which are unsupported by the first responder disclosed lawful income. Mm. There is a deposit of 130,000 US dollars by the first respondent on the 22nd of November 2016, a transfer of an amount of 100 thousand US dollars by Madame Cesar Dapa mm. on 29 June 2023. A copy of the statement on a second account has also been attached. Analysis of the first respondent bank account uh, reviewed the following transactions unsupported by first respondent disclosed lawful income. 
There is 75,000 Ghana cities, there's 54,000 Ghana cities, and there is uh, some 350,000 Ghana cities. Mm. And we need a period of five months precisely from the 16th of August uh, 2022 to January 2023. There's been 300,000, 350, and 650,000 Ghana cities into separate accounts belonging to an FCC that apart. And then the, 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 on the basis of the foregoing, mm. the special prosecutor is asking the court to confirm the seizure of the suspected tainted currency and the freezing order in presence of uh, Section 32 of the Act establishing the Office of the Special Prosecutor. We are told that this motion will be moved on the 18th of October 2023. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Elton, for speaking to us here, giving us all those uh, details. Now, we'll move on to Martin Pebo. He's a legal uh, practitioner, and he joins via Zoom with the legalities of all of these uh, uh, on this particular Sicilia DAPA issue. Now, uh, based on the document, the USP has actually provided uh, fresh evidence uh, detailing what they have really been uh, looking at. I want to know, how do these new details impact the case in court? Yeah, Carlos, so they made the case extremely strong. Yes, extremely strong because you remember the first time mm. that OSP went, they were in that much documentation. And, uh, you know, there were times that the judge had to make some comments that uh, he didn't find any investigations made by the OSP. Mm. So now documents have been attached. They are answering the queries that the judge raised. So the, the, the documents are very, very important. Very important. You know, like we say, a picture is worth a thousand words. So in the first application, the OSP is saying, I'm investigating, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. The judge said he hadn't seen. So now that the documents have been attached, the bank statements, the caution statements of uh, the Madame Dapa, uh, she, she has several statements. The husband's statements, the niece, all those other things, they come together to make the case extremely strong. So that's the right thing to do. So the uh, defense counsel for uh, Cecilia Dapa Forrester, what should they be thinking doing if they still want to go ahead and argue their case out? <laughs> hey, Carlos, <laughs> that's interesting. Wow. I mean, because of my bias that uh, I want this case done, we want to win as a public, I mean, that as the state of Ghana, we want to protect the public first. Uh -huh. I haven't thought seriously how she can skill this uh, uh this uh, handle it's extremely tight it's extremely tight i yeah really because you see it's one thing the law says that look if we find money with you and you cannot explain the source that's if the money is not your income inheritance loan or a gift then it's unexplained wealth that's article 286 clause 4 right uh-huh then you come to the osp law you see the currency seizure notes. The application says they've served there. She should explain. Mm. And through application, they are saying that she can't explain the source of the money. So this one, really, uh, the best thing usually lawyers do. Now, I see, I can give you one, one of the secrets. All right. First that we do is that you attempt to delay the trial. So when you go, you ask for adjournment, an adjournment, an adjournment. Yeah, so that, like, you postpone the doomsday. That's the best. But this one, there are too many accusations to scale it. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Council. We really appreciate your time.
Yeah, but away from that story, some 68 non-citizens and 211 persons identified as minors have been apprehended across various districts in the Ashanti region for attempting to participate in the ongoing limited voters registration exercise. The non-Ghanaians were arrested after officials interrogated their nationality, while the minors were identified after further scrutiny by EC officials. Now, the Ashanti Regional Director of the Electoral Commission, Benjamin Banobeo, says there are measures to identify ineligible voters or persons attempting to disrupt smooth registration exercise. My colleague Nana Buachi Iadom has the rest of the story. After day seven of the limited voters registration exercise across the country, the Ashanti region has recorded 370 challenges at various districts. Though the Electoral Commission has put in place measures to ensure a transparent registration process, it is still faced with the challenge of non-citizens and minors attempting to register. Ashanti Regional EC Director. Director Benjamin Banobio says the commission has apprehended 68 non-citizens and 211 minors who tried to engage in the registration exercise. Uh, we have gotten a total of 370 challenge cases. Yeah. 211 were challenged because they said they were underage. 68 non-citizens. 90 non-resident and one person was challenged as being on sound mind and i understand some people have been giving out to the police on these issues mr banobio says the commission is resolute in ensuring suspected ineligible applicants are challenged for a smooth process you see uh, we have put in place some measures so that the process will be smooth will be peaceful and then people can also come out to challenge those they deem to be unqualified. When somebody comes to the center to register, we have the political party agents there, we have our own officials there, we have people who are also coming to register. You see, anyone who is qualified to be registered as a voter, it is not somebody who has registered, who is qualified to be registered as a voter, can object to the registration of any person. I mean, can challenge, that's the right way, can challenge the registration of any person he or she deems to be unqualified. Either the person is a non ghanaian a non-citizen, or he doesn't stay in the literary rather he claims to be or is underage and things like that. This is the process. All that you need to do is to approach the registration officer and ask that you need a challenge form which shall be issued to you and then you can put in your challenge. Meanwhile, the Ashanti region has so far registered over 36,300 applicants. Now, issues of non-Ghanaians and minors participating in the ongoing limited voters registration exercise are rampant in the Ashanti region. But the EC says it remains committed in ensuring that such issues do not repeat in the coming days. For Joy News, my name is Nana Buachi Dankwa Yadom Kumase. Away from the story, the opposition NDC in Parliament have vowed to ensure that the proposed constitutional instrument does not see a day of light. Now, does that mean that the proposed CI makes Ghana card the sole identity card for uh, electoral matters? We'll take a look at what they have been saying. As you are all aware, the Commission prepared a draft CI for continuous registration in all district offices 
nationwide. This initiative started last year. And the registration we were envisaging under the draft CI was for a sustained long-term basis. Indeed, had the CI passed, we would have had some six months this month, this year, to register voters at any time of their choice. And I'd like to repeat it, that had the CI passed, we would have had some six months to register voters at any time of their choice in our district offices throughout the country. In this regard, ladies and gentlemen, our 2023 budget and work plan were prepared along those lines. Our 2023 work plan and budget was based on a continuous registration of voters in our district offices nationwide. We did not factor electoral area registration in our 2023 work plan and budget. Hence, our adoption of this method in line with our budget and our work plan, as well as our long-term plan and vision. By reacting to the claims of the EC Boss Minority Spokesperson on Constitutional and Legal Affairs, Bernard Ahiafa explained that the minority will not soften its stance on the CI and will not allow it to go through until the EC amends the proposal to include a guarantor system. of have Ghana Let's alone, we talk about those who turn 18 and those who have not uh, uh, been registered as voters. So we realize that the new EI is causing more harm to Ghanaians than good. There is nothing useful in the new CI. The only thing being introduced by the new CI, I maintain, is the amendment one to limit the source documents, which were three, in line with the Supreme Court decision in the case of uh, uh, Abu Ramadan. He has the constitutional right. He has the discretion to determine the number of days, number of weeks, and number of months that a continuous registration exercise to be conducted. So her inability to do it for a longer period cannot be attributed to the non-passage of the new PI. That, I maintain, is an intellectual uh, uh, dishonesty. And so, secondly, we parliamentarians do not prepare budget for the EC, but we approve budget for the EC. If the EC were to be saying that she has prepared budget to conduct limited registration in an electoral area basis, that Parliament has not given an approval that he has a point. But without saying so, then I do not think Parliament of the Republic of Ghana stands to be paid for the inability of Madame Zemensa, the chairperson of the EC, to conduct limited registration for, for, uh, based on electoral areas. Why? Parliament will not let it pass. So long as it limits the source document to only Ghana card, Parliament must not let this CI pass. Now, pressure group Fix the Country Movement has set in motion an unprecedented move to stage a three-day non-stop protest at the seat of government, Jubilee House. 
The organizers say the demonstration dubbed Occupy Jalobi House, scheduled to take place from Thursday to Saturday, is aimed at protesting against what they say is corruption, high cost of living, and the mismanagement of the economy. According to the group, the protest at the seat of government is also to deepen Ghana's democracy at a time when coups have become rampant in Africa. And help us to resist oppressors rule with all our will and man forevermore. Pressure group Fix the Country Movement in its efforts to hold government accountable has announced plans to stage a three-day non-stop demonstration. The protests, the group says, will be at the Jubilee House for three days and three nights. According to the movement, the demonstration is also an exercise of their democratic right to put the government on its toes. Convener of the movement, Oliver Baka-Fomao, says all the necessary provisions have been made for the protest, which will start on Thursday, the 21st of September to the 23rd of September. Ghanaians will be coming out on the 21st to Saturday the 23rd. We have put in place every logistical arrangement that we can. For those who want to spend the night over, we are arranging for tents to be mounted, we are arranging for mosquito nests to be provided for people to sleep over and mattresses as well for people to, to stay over. The idea is to occupy the space for three days continuous. So it's not a open in the morning, close and go home and come. Member of the communications team, Solomon Wise, also justified the need for the protest. Youth unemployment has cast a shadow over our nation, robbing our youth talent of the opportunity to contribute to the development of our country. Corruption has seeped into every level of our society and eroding trust and hindering progress. We demand accountability, transparency, and an end to the impunity that has allowed corruption to flourish. The three days and three nights protest, the group says, will be full of activities. Director of Communications for the movement, Shafar Musa, enumerated some of the activities protesters will undertake. We expect that there will be liberation songs, a musical tribute to the spirit of liberation and change, Jama hooting at presidency, a symbolic expression of our call for accountability, speeches, inspirational addresses emphasizing the need for change and accountability in Ghana, Panlogo and Bobobo drumming, a celebration of Ghana's rich musical heritage, dancing, an opportunity for attendees to join in the cultural festivities. Keep fit exercise, board games, ludo, cats, monopoly, or Oliver Bakavomawa stressed that the protest is a peaceful one and therefore warned individuals planning to cause chaos ward off. We are engaged in what is a peaceful demonstration. The freedom of assembly and the right to protest is constitutionally guaranteed to every citizen. This is an activity that we take on and the right we and reminder of what we have gotten to as a society. It is not an invitation for chaos. We will make sure that every person who is coming there will be protected. The group mentioned that they will continue to mount pressure on the government to prioritize the welfare of all Ghanaians. Now, in a recent report based on data from the 2022 Annual Household Income and Expenditure Survey by the Ghana Statistical Service, it has been revealed that the gender wage gap remains about 34%. The study shows that among paid workers, women earn a startling 34.2% less 
than their male counterpart. This wage gap was calculated by factoring in various elements such as age, work experience, education level, employment sector, and geographical factors, among others. My colleague joining us, Isaac Kofi Ajay, has been studying the data and has come through with the following report. There's a long-standing effort towards the achievement of equal pay for work of equal value. Globally, women are paid less than men, with a gender pay gap estimated around 20% in Ghana. The statistical service estimates this gender pay gap at 34.2%, surpassing the global average of 20%. Let's break down these figures with this scenario. The 34.2% pay gap means in a case where a man earns 5,000 CDs, a woman is paid about 3,300 CDs for the same work, which is a whopping 1,700 CDs less than what her male counterpart earns. At a disaggregated level, women in Ghana with tertiary education or higher degrees still earn 12.7% less than men with the same level of education. However, the gap was most profound among those with basic education, 60.1%, or no education, 54.0%. When employment sectors were compared, the private informal sector displayed the widest gap where women earn a staggering 58.7% less than men. It means for the same work, while a man earns 5,000 CDs, a woman is paid only 58.7%. Of it, which is a little above 2,900 cities. The private formal sector also exhibited a substantial gap of 29.9%, while the public sector had the smallest disparity, with women earning 10.5% less than men. For individuals aged 36 to 60, women were paid 33.4% less than their male counterparts, highlighting a stark weight differential. This disparity was nearly 3% higher than the gap observed in the age group of 15 to 35, where women earn 30.7% less than men. Isaac Ophiage reporting for Joy News. You're still watching Joy News Prime with me, Carlos Caloni. We'll take a break. We'll return with more. Stay with us. This is for your mom. She loves me because of my fruitelli. It's a kosher home. Would you like my fruitelli? Fruitelli, all natural fruit juice and the perfect way to the heart. Who loves you because of your fruitelli? This advert is. Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife 
whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store. All the apps store and discover the smart way to bank echo bank the pan-african bank it's Charlie, welcome back the malaria really knocked you down eh? Charlie, no joke fever headache vomiting loss of appetite i couldn't even eat my usual fufu <laughs> you and your fufu but i hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment yes i did and thanks to malatu i kicked out malaria one time when malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. It feels like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school. Mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur, then you already are. Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. About one-third of a million people live with HIV in Ghana. Close to 10,000 of them die each year, mostly as a result of a lack of antiretroviral drugs and adherence. In fact, close to 57% of children under 14 years living with HIV do not receive antiretroviral drugs, again as a result of inadequate funds to provide them with medication. Life expectancy for these children is grim. The big worry, close to 16,300 people are newly infected with HIV each year. With this alarming rate of HIV infections, all of us are in danger. And Ghana is headed for an epidemic explosion if nothing is done now. To avert it. While the Ghana AIDS Commission is working hard to overturn the situation, the Commission urgently needs funding support from corporate Ghana and individuals to save lives. We're therefore appealing to you, corporate entities and individuals, to support the National HIV and AIDS Fund by dialing star 9898-HASH on MTN and Vodafone and follow the prompts or pay into the National HIV and AIDS Fund account number 
0809-863-161-3233, Bank of Ghana. Your donation will be used to prevent new infections and provide care for people living with HIV, including children affected by AIDS. For further information, please call Ghana AIDS Commission on 302 919260 or email info at ghanaids.gov.gh. Give to save a life today. Ghana AIDS Commission, partnering to eliminate HIV and AIDS. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store All the app store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. When you're little, days are extremely busy. Or traffic jams. Luckily, our mom is here to take good care of us with day-by-day baby and day-by-day kids and their naturally active ingredients. Our skin is hydrated, soothed, and protected all day long. Welcome back. You're still watching Joy News Prime. Now, the Ghana Association of Banks is piling more pressure on government to take cut on expenditure instead of burdening bondholders. Now, this follows government reopening of the domestic exchange seeking to restructure an additional 12.9 billion cities. The Ministry of Finance has, through a statement, extended invitation to bondholders who did not partake in the previous DDEP to submit their bonds by Friday for another round of restructuring. Speaking on PM Express on Monday, Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Association of Banks, John Iwa, called on government to take the hit this time around. Um, it's important that the program succeeds, because otherwise those of us who have already entered, then we'll have a crisis on our hands. And as a country, it will not be very good um, on, 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 on us as a country generally that we... We, we, we enter into a debt operations program where we agree specific covenants with investors. Investors have paid the price by subscribing, and at the end of it, there is a, a failure of a sort. So I'm beginning to put a lot of mileage on the intelligence that we have gathered, that there are willing investors who really want to opt into the program, but 
Of course, that window closed at some stage, and reopening it gives them opportunity to now um, perhaps um, come under the program. And uh, the more we have such events happening, that leads us into that end game. The better it is for for all of us. But the thing is, it's it's two two sides to the coin. Um, as we are looking at the debt operations, I heard Professor Bob Ping also look talking about uh, particularly on the expenditure. Um, and, and the government side of things. I mean, both sides must move. So we are also hopeful that as bondholders are taking this serious pill, that side where we are critically looking at our expenditure pattern as a country to also contribute to to, to plug in whatever fiscal... You, 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 haven't, you haven't seen that enough yet? I, I remember that was part of the assurances that convinced everybody else who wanted to to participate, including the banks who carried a bit of the bedding. You're saying that even after all the sacrifices you made, you haven't seen enough of the of the spending cuts to match yeah, your contribution. You know, re- no, re- reopening of the um, program, you know, attests to a fact that there is still a gap to be plugged. And what I'm saying is that gap should not be looked at from only one window. There are various sides to the coin, and therefore we should be open to whatever means, just like we did the program, closed it, and realized that, no, maybe we are not where we anticipated to be at this stage, and therefore we are reopening for investors to pay a lot more price. On the other side, we must also reopen. Even if there have been significant savings, we must begin looking at our fish properly to see where else we can cut. But Chief Director of the Finance Ministry, if a man has said it will be difficult for government to cut down on expenditure. Speaking at the graphic business Stambik Bank breakfast meeting, the chief director said mounting employment pressure makes it difficult for government to cut back on expenditure, especially when revenue generation is challenging due to tax evasion. When we talk about government expenditures, the biggest expenditure is compensation. How do you reduce compensation? In other countries, when they're in crisis, they lay people off. They lay workers off. In fact, in some jurisdictions, they lay policemen off. They lay teachers off. Here in our country, we haven't laid anyone off. Indeed, that is more of a social uh, uh, um, welfare system than actual expenditure management. We do not lay anyone off. In fact, there's pressure on government to take more um, nurses and more teachers. And you're saying we should cut down expenditures. This year, Ask Ministry of Education and Ministry of Health. We haven't been able to employ a single of uh, um, trainee. We haven't added anything, any more people on our payroll. So that is an expenditure cut. Are Ghanaians willing to make those sacrifices? That should be, in fact, if we can reduce our compensation budget, which is about 51 billion by 10%, that 5 billion can fix a number of roads, can pay more than 20 contractors or 50 contractors. So if we reduce our compensation budget by just 10%, we are, we are hovering around 51 billion. That is half of what GRA is collecting this year. So we are using half of the revenues generated to pay salaries and wages. Can we add on? No. So we haven't added on. So that is efficiency. We are reducing expenditure. 
Now, instead of bowing to the pressure of layoffs and uncertainty in the COVID period, Davis Coboy made a compassionate choice. He decided to stand by his workers, holding on to hope and teamwork as they navigated the storm together. Now, through innovative strategies and a strong sense of unity, they emerged from they actually emerged from the crisis stronger than ever. Now, the following report delves into hope stories of Davis Coboy. Taller I become The farther you take my rights away In the agribusiness sector, Davis Kobo is a name synonymous with exporting quality produce including mangoes, rice and yams to the UK, the US, various European nations and more recently Russia. He was the national best farmer in two and has won several other accolades in his field. Uh, Agri is a business. You don't, you don't just produce to feed uh, uh, the, the society. It's demand-driven. So I go out, and because it's a business, we have managers who scout. Go out to look, uh, know to eavesdrop, and know what exactly the market is looking for. And if you on companies who are interested, you go and discuss and negotiate and strike a deal. Davis is one of 22 children. Born to a prominent chief in Somania in the eastern region, he developed the wit and grit for entrepreneurship at an early age. Grew up in Accra, Kufuria, because I was attending school in Accra, North Kanishi. Uh, born and bred in North Kanishi. Oh, and so you see the centralizers right about, the one that the North Kanishi, yes, the Audemey Cemetery. Mm-hmm. You, if you enter all the pillars over there, the terrible pillars I did it. That means one was why? Because at that time we needed money. Despite the prospects of a career in engineering, Davis settled for a life in farming, stepping into his father's footsteps. He owns over 11,000 acres of mango farms in the eastern, savannah and upper east regions and has over 100 workers under his wings. Basically we produce mangoes for exports and also for the domestic market. We supply to Blue Skies and HPW. Uh, when we go to the north, we have another wing there. When we go to the north, we are no more cotton webling, we are Mango City. Mango City because we felt, look, that is where the land is, so we are creating a whole city with mangoes. Navrongo, we have 10,000 acres land, but we've never to develop just 1,000 for mangoes, but we do maize and sorghum there. Dabuya, we have 10,000 acres land, we've developed 2,000 acres plus, and we do maize and sorghum there too. Work was running smoothly until the COVID-19 pandemic struck, bringing with it unprecedented challenges. With the air and land borders shut, Almost all economic activities ground to a halt. Davis found himself at the crossroads. He had to choose between laying off his dedicated workers or finding other ways to keep the business afloat. When disaster struck, our mind also struck, eventually shifted. But you, you didn't know what to do at the time because uh, here we, when they said uh, COVID. So that was when we realized that then how could we uh, first of all sell market our produce because the flights were not coming and I, I'm not sure anybody can walk and carry uh, produce to uh, <laughs> Europe or the UK as well we don't even have the trains to be able to 
Mashada, so it became virtually a problem. So, how much did you lose? We lost a lot. But here's where Davis stood apart, full of empathy and a commitment to his team. He made a courageous decision. Instead of layoffs, Davis chose to sacrifice and stand by his workers, even though his business teethered on the brink of a shutdown. He used monies saved for reinvestment to rather pay salaries. He knew it wouldn't be easy, but he was determined to weather the storm. At that time, we even had issues like BBS, so we're not making meaningful profits. So we're still going down, down, down a bit, but then we're trying to recycle the very savings we've uh, done for the past year to be able to I mean, sustain the company. All of a sudden, this one, this big one too. So the decision was easy. What happens is it's with every now and then you need to bring people back to train and a whole lot. But I didn't lose them because they realized that I was there for them. The months that followed were filled with uncertainty, but Davis and his team persevered. They adapted to the changing circumstances, implemented safety measures, and worked tirelessly to keep the business running. Fabrice is one of many workers who were saved by Davis's decision. He hails from Burkina Faso and has worked here for 12 years. We were mostly indoors. We couldn't go out because nobody wanted to contract the virus. It was a time we couldn't even see our friends. Today, he is lucky to still have a steady income to be able to take care of his wife and son. At the peak of the pandemic, he protected us. He assured we were well fed and provided for us a constant flow of medicine for our upkeep. He really took good care of us. For me, employing them, making sure that they can put three square meals on a table for their family and the standard family that affects positive impact on their standard family, I'm fulfilled. Yes, because human face, you, you couldn't have it. In the face of adversity, Davis exemplified resilience and compassion. In the toughest of times, he held on to hope for a better time. Interesting there. We'll take a break or return with showbiz. Please stay with us. That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. 
Syntex gives you the biggest warranty, seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex Tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? There are days when you think, whoa, today I've earned it. So order a global. Days when plants run longer. What if we order a global? Or days when you can't control everything. Oh yes, because on Global you can order anything you want. Global, you order, we deliver. A caprenu, eya, a nutrient me too for say a bibber o tadia, tadia, un san cotonu imprudu. Name canfu SCP Amo SCP Ewa Tema Shahel. A whole factory casino is a dean ape, pavement blocks, boss and casankasa, and a dear this game bierano, oko shahera, SCP, ebe mobi. So person will soon dine, now put on good concrete. And you have to cement, you have to concrete, you messing it with quality. Cement warm, on the good camera So what am I? Fiena, Dodoa, a flower, office. I was Princess Road. You have a restaurant in the Dimshi Dimu. For SCP was 0501-672-608. And now toll-free number 0800-626-262. Hi, now let me share my wildlife experience with you at Safari Valley Eco Park. Welcome to Safari Valley Eco Park. Our electric shuttle pulled up and in no time our tour began. We were surrounded by a wildlife from the moment we entered the Eco Park. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. Watch these animals roam freely in their natural habitat undisturbed by our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelope, brown cranes, mara, silky chicken, nalas, Shetland ponies, and so many animals I just couldn't keep up. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Derek Jeter as the pinch hitter for your baseball team. Jeter, you're in. We need a home run. I'll give it a try. I've swung a bat once or twice. That's out of here. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Tour guys taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior, and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took a break to have lunch in this serene environment. All this amazing experience for this price for adults? This price for teenagers. It's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It has been a thrill of a lifetime, and I can't wait till my next visit. Safari Valley Eco Park, bringing you closer to nature. Kwajo, why are you late? Yes, Kwajo, why are you late again? Kwajo. Can't you talk? See, Mommy, I could lie like Amma. And say I was doing my homework with my friends. Or lie like Emma and say I was helping Grandma buy food. Mommy, I will not lie like Emma. I was playing with my friends, and that is why I'm late. Homework now. Thank you for not lying to me. Your Calipo is in the fridge. Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. Of the you know that This advert is FDA approved. Betway is your gateway to a theme park full of gaming excitement. 
a whirlpool of wonder where your favorite games come to life. Where you can take to the skies with max payouts that reach into the millions. All in the palm of your hand. Visit betway.com.gh. Terms and conditions apply. Betway is regulated by the Gaming Commission of Ghana. No under 18. Bet responsibly. Betway. Bet your way. Investment Limited. Welcome back. No license studio with uh, showbiz. What do we have? Oh, we have a lot. But mm. uh, first of all, you're looking nice. I like Thank you. Suits. I like your Thank dress you. too. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Right. So, um, young Ghanaian artist Olive Boy performed mm. at the Big Brother Niger House recently, and the performance wasn't aired. It was a total blackout on the performance. But what was the agreement prior to the performance and where the benefits clearly spelt out? Well, Sadiq Abdullahi is the CEO of Full Circle, the management that handles Olive the Boy. He will be joining us via the phone lines pretty shortly. But first, just to introduce to you who I'm talking about, take a look at this. So that is Good Sin by Olive the Boy, and I've got Sadiq Abdullah on the phone line to speak to me. Hello, Sadiq. Hello, Noella. In fact, I'm not the CEO, I'm the founder of Okay, you're the founder of Full Circle. Yeah, he is actually the manager there. Right, right, right. So, Sadiq, tell me, what did you agree on with the Big Brother team? Well, the conversations that were had was for him to perform um, at the live eviction show on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, we all had it um, ready to perform uh, for the action. We were killed, went to him and performed. Mm-hmm. But I think after the, the live eviction show, when we had the conversation regarding, uh, what do you call it, um, how we could have content and all of that, it was then we gathered that that particular performance was not going to be aired um, live. And so, you know, um, that, that was a bit odd. But anyways, we have, we have to do that. Right. But was he invited by the show organizers or you approached them? Well, I mean, all part, we pitched it. Um, I mean, these things are usually pitched and arranged and put together. And, you know, and so as management at Full Circle, um, we are actually helping to push through the image, the brand, and particularly in where his streams have come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was important that uh, they to not only do some but also do some critical plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's needed to create, creating a resonating effect for him. Mm-hmm. You know? and so we did pitch it. And, right. and was, uh, an agreement to have him perform. 
Okay. So, so what really happened? I mean, you got there and he could perform, but then obviously he wasn't aired. He, he also, his performance also wasn't recorded by the organizers. What happened? Uh, well, I think internally they have, uh, I mean, and that's something to find out after the show. They have a policy uh, mainly for, um, also because it's primarily doing show Big uh, Brother Nigeria. And so um, the focus, I think, um, until we did the pitching was to have primarily Nigerian talent in the Right. Um, in any case like that, you know. And so when we, we came in, we did the pitching and the conversations had gone through. It was after the summer was when we got information that um, due to that and a longer process regarding um, copyright clearances and everything was mm. uh, what uh, necessitated their um, resolve not to have it aired live on TV, you know, but for just the audience that were in the space at that particular time. Right. So would you then say that the organizers were very deliberate about promoting only Nigerian artists? Well, I, I mean, their, their policies was not fully... I mean, I haven't cited any full document to show this is their stance, but the information we got was that because it's primarily a Nigerian air show, uh, when it comes to talents that have to perform, particularly in the way that it's aired live, uh, both at the event and outside, uh, priority is given to Nigerian talent. That's point one. Um, point two um, was also the, the issue about um, copyright clearances. I mean, that was a bit odd, interesting, because we were all there. We could have done the quick copyright clearances. But yeah, I would say that, well, that's the advance regarding having to prioritize Nigerian content on that particular, or Nigerian talent on that particular show. So, as an industry stakeholder like yourself, I mean, what would you say the experience has taught you? Does it mean that we should try and promo our own too? Well, it's always been um, a very big conversation. I think that it's being intentional and being deliberate is something that um, obviously every industry should also um, consider. Um, I have not a very big um, stickler for um, such affirmative actions, even though. It also goes a long way to help. Uh, we've always been big about the audience. In our case, in Olive Boy's case, and we saw from the audience reactions that, that they were falling in love with him. You know, and even in Nigeria, the reception has been great. Almost all the other uh, radio stations we went to was great. All the other talents in the market, because apart from the big brother, he also performed at the Trace Niger Awards um, launch in Nigeria. Um, he was on Cool FM, he was on Cloud Media, he was on um, he was on Bikes FM, he was on Beach FM, he was on MTV Days, you know, and all of these things are Nigerian based as well, you know, and they, they gave him the access. So specifically, you could have one specific platform having their own uh, affirmative action, but in the way that all the other media houses in Nigeria and racing and all the other talents and I mean, Sadiq, I would have loved to engage you more on this um, because it's, it's really something that we should delve into. But time is not my best friend right now. So I would thank you so much for uh, speaking to us. And uh, that's our story about Olive the Boy. But quickly, let's do 
some updates on yeah. Mobad. Yeah, we did that story, I think, yeah, a few days ago. Right, so there yeah. has been some protest, mm. the youth, you know, coming out in their numbers. That's the visual you're seeing on your screens right now. You know, protesting for justice, basically. And uh, I know that earlier, um, the, the Lagos Police Department met up with the parents mm. of the, uh, you know, dead musician. And, uh, you know, they assure them of how they are beginning investigations, basically. Mm. So... Uh, those are visuals of today's protest in Abia Okota. I understand tomorrow Lagos is going to have your own, um, you know, Cannot. session or whatever. Yeah, okay. Call it. We, we'll be looking That'd forward be to that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's all we have time for in this hour. Log on to myjoyonline.com for more story. My name is Carlos Kalodi. Prime Business is up next. In life, choice is good, but Choice Plus Safety is way better. Your safety and comfort is paramount. Under the cylinder recirculation model, you can buy LPG in a safe environment. All cylinders are inspected and maintained to the best safety standards, so your safety is assured. Just take your empty cylinder to the nearest exchange point and swap it for a filled cylinder. Different cylinder sizes will be available to meet your pocket size. Imagine cooking in a smoke-free environment. This will improve the health and well-being of you and your family. Choose LPG in a safer model of distribution. Cylinder recirculation model. Securing your safety. Creating more jobs. A message from the National Petroleum Authority under the patronage of the Ministry of Energy. even more moolah by staking from one Ghana city to 350 Ghana cities. And you could win 26 times your stake on the exciting new pick one game from Game Park. Play by dialing star 946 hash on all networks via our website or download the Game Park app on www.gameparkgames.com Choose your pick one number from 1 to 36. Place your stake and watch our live draws on Adum TV at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 6 p.m. daily. Hey, live like, like me with Game Park. Game Park, more mula, more power. This game is regulated by the National Lottery Authority, not for persons under 18. Play responsibly. The other day, as I was in my kitchen preparing my special jollof meat with little rice for my family, I heard the knock at the door. He was my mechanic. Instead of calling me to pick my car, he bought it himself. I said, sure. He said, F.O. I said, take the car back. I will come and pick it myself. I said, turn off the fire from under the lily jollof. There was another knock at the door. He was my neighbor. I said, neighbor, neighbor. He said, F.O. My dog has jammed your wall again, oh. I said, don't be silly. You don't have a door. My wife and kids came home. And we saw that he enjoyed. Joe. 
was my pastor. He said, bless you. I said, bless you too. He said, did he come to church on Saturday? I said, Acho, but uh, why are you coming to tell me this on Wednesday? Having to fend off visitors at mealtimes because of Lele's tasty aromatic rice? Celebrate every mealtime by sharing with friends and family near or far. Lele, tasty food, happy family. This advert is FD. Business segment is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Good evening and welcome to Prime Business with me, Beverly Broom. Straight to our stories and energy minister, Dr. Matthew Opoku-Prempe has reiterated that Ghana will transition fuel to gas and nuclear by 2070. Already, the energy consumption in the country is derived from clean energy. Speaking at the 24th World Petroleum Congress 2023 in Calgary, Canada, Dr. Poku Prempe urged investors to explore opportunities in Ghana since the country is committed to clean energy. That means that Ghana will transition fully by 2070. And in that transition, our main energy source is going to be gas and nuclear and renewable. As we speak, 40% of our energy use in Ghana is already clean. It's hydro. It's clean. But here still we see the trends in committing ourselves to our goals. So that is where we want to go in our transition mix. But what our story is that let us have the technology and let us have the finances to enable us to participate in this transition. Our transition plan envisages that if so far since 2015, after Paris, you haven't paid, those who have polluted haven't paid, who for their paying is not getting any better. So we should transition on our terms so that we don't bring unnecessary shock to already people who are not, who have least defenses or resilience against these shocks. So yes, we will participate. Yes, we agree. Yes, we don't pollute, but you are telling us to contribute. Yes, we are going to contribute. But also come around the table and come with clean hands. Come with the finances and the technology. Last night when I got to YYC, on the carousel waiting for my bags, there was an advert that was playing up by the six big companies in Canada. And they are moving to net zero through technology. They are not saying we are going to stop using oil and gas. So the technology to do with carbon capture storage, carbon capture utilization and storage, 
uh, replanting our forests and everything that we have to do, changing the fuel use in my country uh, to gas. We've come and done all these policies to support it. We have 18 standards and regulations to do electrical equipment so that we don't get dumped by disused and unused and abandoned equipment from the West. We've put in the standards. We've moved all our thermal generation plants from liquid fuel to gas. So we are contributing meaningfully. We hope that as we... Well, presently, 88.5% of the Ghanaian population has access to electricity. Dr. Pokupempe said the target is to get to the sustainable development goal of 90% by 2024. 88.85% of the population have access to electricity. We want to get to our SDG goal of 90% by 2024 instead of 2030, which we have said to ourselves. 68% of our country has a form of modern method of cooking, where 37 percent is LPG, and we want to move LPG to, to 50 percent. One percent is electricity, and 20 percent, 27 percent is an improved uh, gas cooking stoves for women. So we know very well that we have to, we cannot also continue polluting like others have. But please, support us to make our journey better than so far. Now, the Ghana Upstream Petroleum Chamber is calling for the optimization of domestic gas production and utilization with clear pricing policies. According to Chief Executive of the Chamber, David Ampofo, the oil and gas industry is heavily untapped and needs to be explored further to realize its full potential. He was speaking at the annual Ghana Oil and Gas Conference. Ghana's total oil production since 2010 stands at 560 million barrels, while the total gas production since 2014 is at 1.2 trillions of cubic feet, according to some players in the oil and gas industry. The country's reserves are incentivized. In an interview, Chief Executive of the Ghana Upstream Petroleum Chamber David Ampofo said the country needs to increase exploration activities in the sector. We want our reports to always end up with a focus. So at the end of the report, we are saying, what do we need to do? We identify two or three things. Don't let's look for too many things. One is we want to incentivize exploration. Exploration is where it all begins. If you explore, you find oil, you develop it, you produce it. If you don't find any, doing anything. Okay, I mean, look, you, you heard that just two weeks ago we had 30,000 barrels. It's coming from the old, good old Jubilee field. Thank God for it. But we need more of it. You can see the activity is very limited. You know, how do we incentivize exploration? What are we doing wrong? What could we do right? Let me put it that way. To get more and more investment. Foreign investment and local investment. When I talk about investment, I'm talking about both foreign and local investors. Of course, the magnitude of our... our Tasks require huge sums of money that can only come from large companies. But working together, we go on. So that's a recommendation. And government also reiterated its commitment to closing infrastructure gaps in the oil and gas industry to help the sector realize 
its full potential. The Minister of Energy, Dr. Matthew Pukuprempe, in a speech read on his behalf, said government is working to close the gap to attract more investments into the sector. The government is also working hard to close infrastructure gaps, to improve the markets, and ensure that we get the most out of our hydrocarbon resources. The success of Ghana's and Africa's oil and gas industry in the energy transition era are dependent on collaboration to ease the necessary funding and establish adequate infrastructure and markets both in in country and at the continental level. Partnerships must be formed between governments, between governments and private businesses, private businesses and national oil companies across the continent. In light of this, the government decided with the support of Parliament to join the African Producers Organization, APO, in August 2022. The Chamber also expressed their interest in collaborating with government to address constraints facing the industry. Jesse Aram Abakpo's report read to you. Moving on, the Customs Division of the Ghana Avenue Authority in Tema has held its first joint consultative committee forum after a long break due to COVID-19 pandemic. During the meeting in Tema, the committee introduced a new tax amendment act called the GRA Excise Duty Amendment Act 2023, also known as Act 1093. Now, this act amends some taxes, including adjustment to tax stamps on certain local imported goods. Our correspondent Elvis Washington was present at the JCC meeting and has filed this report. The Joint Consultative Committee, JCC, consists of clearing agents, custom officers, custom house agents, national security officers, and the GPHA, among others. The purpose of this meeting was to discuss new guidelines, policies, and regulations introduced at the ports and address challenges faced by stakeholders within the ports. The head of excise of GRA, Kwabna Apu Iwa Anto, announced the introduction of the GRA Excise Duty Amendment Act 2023, Act 1093, which includes adjustment to taxes. He explained that the new tax stamp would replace the previous schedule, introducing new products, rates, and changing the charging methods for some existing products on the tax stamp. This year we have introduced the excise tax stamp or the Excise Duty Amendment Act 2023, Act 1093, that introduces, that, that amendment has actually replaced the first shadow attached to the existing Excise Duty Act 878. And so now we have a first shadow that is the amendment to the SI duty law that has replaced the previous schedule. And what the new schedule has done is to introduce, first and foremost, new products into the SI duty regime. It has also increased the risk for SI duty for some of the products. And it has also changed the charging method for some of the products. In a detailed presentation to all attendees, Mr. Anto highlighted the items affected by the new tax stamp. So the new products that have come in, uh, we have fruit juices being introduced to excise. So currently we have excise duty of 20% since May on fruit juices. And we also have introduced excise duty on electronic cigarettes and electronic liquids. 
and we have also introduced excise duty on all sweetened beverages. Previously, we had excise duty on only carbonated soft drinks. Currently, all soft drinks, all sweetened beverages attract excise duty. As I said, was only on carbonated soft drinks. The rate was 17.5, and that has been increased to um, um, 20%. And also, we have increased the excise duty on spirits, spirits from 25% to 50%. So these are the changes that have been done in the excise regime. Mr. Anto mentioned that the new tax stamp amendment act was launched in August and will take effect on the 1st of October to ensure compliance with the new requirements for products entering the country. So uh, on the 7th of uh, August, the commissioner responsible for domestic tax, Mr. Jambra, launched uh, the program for the imposition or implementation of the tax stamp on these products and announced some timelines. And he said that from the 1st of uh, September, we have started the program. Everybody should get ready to prepare, uh, prepare for the program. Everybody should prepare for the program. And then from the 1st of October, enforcement at all the entry points will begin. So if any of the new products that did not hit to attract the tax stamp is coming from outside, currently from the 1st of October, those products will attract the tax stamp. And then from 1st October to the end of December, that is 31st of December, that is the transitional period, meaning that all the products currently on the market, like fruit juices, like you know, all sweetened beverages that did not previously require the tax stamp, we will stamp them. So all people who are holding stock of those products must approach, must approach the nearest GRA office and then apply for quantity of stamps to be affixed to the stock that they are holding. However, Johnny Monte, the Tema chairman for the Ghana Institute of Freight Forwarders, believes that the announcement date for the implementation of the new tax stamp was late and the time frame for implementation and transitional period were too short. And for us, the GCC is the solution center. That's where any problem within our space is solved. And from here, we'll break into committees where these issues and the problems that have been raised will be taken care of. Every single day, you, can reali you realize that the processes within the port keeps changing and no adequate information is given. So again, we have... Um, it's come to everybody's notice that a proper work plan, which is already in the system, uh, be communicated so people are able to know that what they have to expect within the, within, within the you know, port community. For Joy News, my name is Elvis Washington reporting from Tema. Now, participants at the Graphic Business and Big Bank Breakfast Meeting today are making a strong case for further expenditure cuts to match the country's current economic situation. They stated that current development in the economy showed that the country is in crisis. Economists at the University of Ghana Business School, Professor Ejapoma Jacket Dako, says governments must show more commitment. Governments in recent times have been asking government to be heavy on addressing the microeconomic challenges affecting Ghana's economy. This, they believe, will consolidate government's efforts in tackling challenges affecting the macroeconomic side of the Ghana economy. We're asking government to show more commitment in that regard. We have put so much emphasis on revenue, but I don't think we are doing enough on the expenditure side to be able to get us back to where we expect to be. 
Um, as Prof. Gachi just said, if you put too much pressure on those who are giving the revenue. Chief Executive Officer of Petrosol, Michael Bosenbelt, said businesses are worried about the current development in the economy. In moments of crisis, especially take a family setting, the focus is on food for the children. It's on basic needs. If you are, if you are flying, you're, there, you're on air. And there's some emergency, whether you're in business class, you are in economy, that is not when you are requesting for some special, you know, food to be served you because you're in business class. Being at the University of Cape Coast Business School, Professor John Gachi noted that government can still do more to bring down the current situation under control. So what should be critical for us is that what is the value of uh, the indebtedness to, to the IMF and not only to the IMF, to other creditors. Because when we procure debt, we need to see value in terms of the infrastructure that we have built for ourselves. There is also a call to reassess government revenue mobilization drive to save businesses in the country. From, you know, your extended family to say that I have this problem and I need help. Because if there's someone who is unemployed, the person can easily access unemployment benefits. You know, so, 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 so these are, these are the, 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 the areas that I think once we match both and we are increasing the tax rate, Nobody will have any problem because you pay the tax and you know that government will also meet its obligations. On the banking sector, Professor Gachi advised government to prioritize the recapitalization of the Bank of Ghana. Yes, so long as uh, you are weak, your capital base is, uh, is eroded, uh, the proper thing to do is to recapitalize. Uh, but the problem is uh, uh, government is, doesn't have money. So how will government prioritize uh, recapitalizing uh, Bank of Ghana? So that is the situation we find ourselves. And that is what some of us believe. While Bank of Ghana was uh, compelled uh, to finance government activities, Bank of Ghana would have been looking at its mandate of uh, price stability and also being the... Um, uh, the, uh, the last resort. Reacting to this, Chief Director at the Finance Ministry, Eva Ment, said government has embarked on various expenditure cut measures. When we talk about government expenditures, the biggest expenditure is compensation. How do you reduce compensation? In other countries, when they are in crisis, they lay people off. They lay workers off. In fact, in some jurisdictions, they lay policemen off. They lay teachers off. Here in our country, we haven't laid anyone off. Indeed, that is more of a social uh, uh, um, welfare system than actual expenditure management. Most industry players and businesses are berating government for not sticking to its side of the bargain to adjust fiscal expenditure amidst the country's debt sustainability crisis, for which reason creditors have taken a haircut to save the situation. For Joy Business, James Ishen. Now, ride-hailing firm Uber is partnering with Enterprise Insurance to drive financial inclusion in the informal sector. The partnership, which led to the unveiling of a new product known as Safe and Save, 
will ensure that drivers on the Uber platform get enrolled onto an insurance package, which will earn them some benefits. Here's more. The partnership is aimed at increasing insurance growth from the informal sector, which has been very low in the country. The two partners are providing a combination of life and general insurance on a monthly premium base for drivers. Speaking to Joy Business at the launch, General Manager for Uber Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire, Marjorie Senlo, disclosed that this is one of the significant steps to increase insurance penetration in the country. This is the one of the greatest innovation that we've seen in the ride-hailing sector. There has never been such product. And I also want to say in the insurance sector, we needed to get um, a specific approval from the NIC to see this product being born. It's also the first corner stop of our, our efforts to, to create a more inclusive and more financial inclusivity for our drivers. We believe they need to be acting part of this economy and being able to benefit to the same benefits of all. Chief Operating Officer for Enterprise, Nigel Nunu, hinted that bringing on board the Uber drivers will be the beginning of new initiatives to get more informal sector workers into the insurance-inclusive drive. You know, for us, um, it's been a very high priority to include what we call the informal sector into the mainstream insurance industry. Insurance is typically for people only in the formal sector, and bringing in the Uber drivers who have typically been informal sector has been a big priority for us. So for us, once this model is successful, we want to replicate it for other members of the informal sector such that eventually they'll all be included in the insurance industry. If you are trying to buy these products individually, right, it's a lot difficult, a lot more difficult, a lot more expensive. But by bundling it, it becomes very attractive and very affordable. So that's why it's sustainable, because the success with the Uber drivers will prove that we can replicate it for other members of the informal sector as well. And even in the formal sector, uh, the point is that you're getting a one-stop shop for all of your insurance needs. Thank you. Now, the European Union, the government of Ghana, and the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations have launched a 10 million euro project to support 50,000 vulnerable people grappling with food insecurity in some parts of the northern region of Ghana. This is to reaffirm the EU and UN solidarity to addressing global food security. Here's more in this report. The world is facing a global food crisis aggravated by Russia's war on Ukraine. The global report on food crisis estimated in 2022 that up to 205.1 million people face high levels of acute food insecurity in 45 countries. As part of Team Europe's response to global food insecurity, 10 million euros has been allocated to support 14 districts in the northern part of Ghana. Erkad Razali is EU ambassador to Ghana. In 2022, the European Union and its member states in what we call the Team Approach, Team Europe Approach, set aside 7.7 billion euros for food security across the globe, out of which 600 million euros specifically for food production, strengthened local food production system and 
address humanitarian situation. And this is out of this measure that 10 million euros has been set aside for Ghana. I would like to mention that this decision has been uh, agreed in a record time, at least for EU standards. <laughs> FAO Deputy Regional Representative for Africa, Yedi Yasmin, explained it is a three-year project to support the phase two of planting for food and jobs. The project is a three-year emergency initiative aimed at rapidly enhancing food security and promotion of resilience in northern Ghana. The project is part of an EU regional response to address food crisis and economic shocks in African countries, which has been hit by global challenges. The project will promote various crop-specific agroecological systems and approaches and support the sustainable development commodities as highlighted in PFJ Phase 2. Minister for Food and Agriculture Brian Echampon expressed his gratitude and assured that the project will be executed diligently. I'm happy with this uh, uh, grant from the European Union to be implemented by the Food and Agriculture Organization uh, in the next three years. Next week, I will put in an official request for a consideration by the European Union to see if this uh, fund can be scaled up um, as the program targets 50,000 uh, households or individuals in the north, this can be scaled up. One, within the three years, if we can increase uh, the number of people that are being targeted and also a longer lifespan and funding for the program. Value chain access will receive capacity building support, access to post-harvest technologies, and training on climate smart agricultural practices. On that note, we end business tonight. For more business news, you can log on to myjoyonline.com forward slash business. I am Beverly Broom. Razak Musbao is next with Sports. Please stay. Was brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switched to Bell Park today.
Charlie, what number? The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthemeta and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. No, 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 no. This is for your mom. She loves me because of my frutelli. It's a kosher home. Would you like my frutelli? Frutelli, all natural fruit juice and the perfect way to the heart. Who loves you because of your frutelli? This advert is ever. Life beautiful. Embrace it with the all new Ahuofe from GTP. Life. to 350 Ghana cities and you could win 26 times your stake on the exciting new pick one game from game pack play by dialing star 946 hash on all networks via our website or download the game pack app on www.gameparkgames.com choose your pick one number from 1 to 36 place your stake and watch our live draws on Adum TV at 9am, 12pm and 6pm daily. Hey, live light like me with Game Park. Game Park, more mula, more power. This game is regulated by the National Lottery Authority, not for persons under 18. Play responsibly. The Electro 
Electoral Commission is making preparations for voters registration exercise from 12th September to 2nd October 2023 to enable citizens who have turned 18 years or persons who have not previously registered to visit the EC office in their district and register as a voter ahead of the upcoming district level elections 2023. The registration exercise is in line with the Commission's mandate to compile the register of voters and revise it at such periods as may be determined by law. Every eligible Ghanaian should visit the EC office in their district and present their Ghana card or passport for inclusion in the voters' register. Applicants who do not have a Ghana card or passport are required to bring two persons who are already registered voters to guarantee their registration. Do not register again if you have lost your voter ID card. Replacement of voter ID cards will start from 3rd October 2023 after the registration exercise. Transfer of votes will also be done from 3rd October to 9th October 2023. It is a criminal offense for a guarantor to guarantee for more than 10 people, non-Ghanaians and persons who are not 18 years of age. Guarantors who violate this provision will be prosecuted. The voter registration exercise is part of efforts to ensure credible, transparent and peaceful elections in Ghana. Register to vote. Your vote is your power. The voter registration exercise 2023 is here with us now. Ghana. Are you ready? Mark your calendar as the Makers House Chapel International presents the Experience Conference 2023. From the 1st to the 8th of October, it's the gathering of the spiritual luminaries of the land. Get ready to experience Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams, Reverend Dr. Mensah Otabil, Archbishop Charles Ajina Sari, Reverend Dr. Ampia Kofi, Reverend Dr. Steve Mensah, Reverend Dr. Ebenezer Markway, Bishop Frank Ofusu Apia, and your host, Dr. Michael Buentinyamiche. Come and experience Jesus, the miracle worker. Venue is the destiny arena of the Maker's House Chapel International, Atomic, adjacent School of Nuclear and Allied Sciences. Time is 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. on weekdays, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Saturday, and 8 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. on Sundays. It's going to be a life-changing encounter. The Experience Conference 2023. I can't wait. Brought to you by Commended DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. So welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musba. Well, in on the local scene, George Freya has now turned his attention to the Court of Arbitration for Sports to seek redress following his disqualification to contest for the Ghana Football Association presidency. Now, the appeals committee rejected a free appeal after he was initially disqualified by the elections committee. According to them, Mr. Efria failed to provide the required number of members to support his candidacy. Now, his reinstatement depends on the verdict of Cass. By the moment, the incumbent president, Kerti Kriku, is set to run unopposed in the upcoming elections. And we have more in the following report. A former vice president of the Ghana Football Association was disqualified from the race after one of the five individuals who endorsed his form was found to be unfit to do so. According to the vetting committee, one Jeffrey Asari, who endorsed his application on the nomination form as a director of Victory Club Warriors FC, was neither an authorized signatory for the club nor a company director as required by the regulations. 
This therefore made his nomination incomplete, rendering him unqualified to contest incumbent Kertekreku in the elections. However, on 8th September, Mr. Efriye successfully filed an appeal at the Appeals Committee, calling on them to reverse the erroneous decision by the Vetting Committee on the following basis. One, Mr. Efriye accused the Committee of breach of natural justice and fair hearing when it failed to apply Article 8, Clause 3, when it neglected, failed and refused to apply the regulation. He also noted that he provided six members endorsing his nomination and the invalidation of one shouldn't warrant his disqualification as to still meet the minimum five. Aside from this, the elections committee, which is supposed to be comprised of five members per Article 54 of the GFA Statute 2019, were six during his vetting and this, he says, is contrary to the mandated composition of the panel. After a thorough review, the Appeals Committee dismissed the plea by George Afriye and upheld the decision of the Vetting Committee on the following basis. On the composition of the Vetting Committee, the committee clarified that the sixth person mentioned by Afriye was the in-house lawyer of the Ghana Football Association who was present for administrative purposes and not part of the vetting team. This practice, according to the elections regulations of the GFA, is permissible. The committee also noted that it is untrue that Mr. George Afriye provided six members endorsing his form. Rather, the only members submitted in support of his nomination are only five, with one being unfit to do so. They also explained that Mr. Afriye rather included a sixth statutory declaration from another person who had not supported his nomination, rendering the document irrelevant. Meanwhile, lawyer for George Afriye insists the committee did not give them a fair hearing and they will seek redress at the Court of Arbitration for Sports. In our case before the committee, we told them that certain things were done by the elections committee, they alleged in their decision. And we want to also be privy to those things. For instance, they claim that there was video uh, evidence of their sitting, where members or even the interview of George as uh, Jeffrey Asari and the other members of that uh, member of the GSO who had uh, supported it. And we said that, please, make, make it available to us. We also want to interrogate it. But if you are making a decision on the basis of some information against me, at least I should get the benefit of knowing why that decision is being made with that information. Then, just like the election committee, the appeal committee, Decide that they will not give us that benefit. Yet, decide the matter on the basis of evidence that we have not seen. That is another critical matter in this whole While it is unsure when the appeal will be filed at the sports judicial review body, the elections have now been moved from September 27 to October 5, with Kerti Kreku on course to contest on the post. For Joy Sports, Razak Musbao. Now, the Smack International has organized the second edition of a one-day invitational golf tournament dubbed Redefining Exceptional at the Achimoto Golf Center over the weekend. Uh, there is more in this Joy Sports report. This year's edition, dubbed Redefining Exceptional, is to showcase the interactions and networking of SMIC's unique repertoire of project experience, service offerings, and value propositions for urban infrastructure and management device development. 
The golf tournament, which kicked off at 6 a.m., was followed by a luncheon event where invited guests were treated to a luncheon with an award ceremony for the golf tournament. Frank Edu, who is also the president of the Achimata Golf Club, recorded 40 points in a keenly contested men's event to walk away with the ultimate trophy and a golf bag from sponsors. Edu commended Smeg for coming on board for another exciting event, adding that sponsorship was a great boost towards the growth of the sport in Ghana. Sponsorship is what drives sports. So anytime you have a sponsor... Um, sponsoring a, a game like golf, which is a lesser-known sport, it gives the game um, a big boost. So sponsors are very important. So today's event sponsored priceless. So at Chibota Golf Club, we already put out a program which has discounted heavily um, up until the end of 2024 um, f- uh, the fees for female golfers. You know, that's why I was telling Jose, the CEO of SMEC, that he should encourage and actually support, pay for particularly the female staff of, of SMEC to, to play golf. The regional manager for SMEC West Africa, a group of the Sabana Jurong Group Singapore, Jose Fernandez, also said they were pleased with this year's edition. It's, it's a gathering of, of our staff, our clients, our potential clients and our friends. And this is the main purpose of, of even golf. Golf is, 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 is always a gathering of people to enjoy company and enjoy networking and enjoy the company of each other. So it is it's a very good uh, uh, ambience that we have in here and we are very happy to host all these guests around here. For, from, next, from last year we got uh, a very good feedback. Uh, people, you know, this is basically a recognition of SMAC and the work that SMAC have been done, have been doing in Ghana. And, um, and we are always happy to help Ghana to develop the infrastructures and to support the, the people from Ghana. Let's do some cycling now. And over 40,000 cyclists die annually around the world due to road accidents. And this is according to the World Health Organization. Now, some of these accidents have been attributed to the lack of dedicated cycle lanes in some of these countries, including Ghana. Some cyclists in Ghana have therefore called on government to improve on the provision of cycle infrastructure to enhance safety. There's more in this report. Although cycling provides an indispensable way of reducing automobile pollution, traffic congestions and meeting the minimum daily physical activity recommended for healthy living, cycling infrastructure continues to be limited in Ghana. The situation has forced most cyclists to resort to sharing the same road as motorists at the risk of their lives. Speaking at the launch of this year, Society for Criterium Race, founder of Gladiator Cycling Club, Kojo Graham, advocated an increased efforts to improve upon cyclist safety, provision of cycling infrastructure, such as clear demarcation of the roads for cyclists. I very well recall what it was to ride in Accra 15, 20 years ago and what it is to ride in Accra today. I mean, the risk level is definitely higher, and uh, the need to, for cycling lanes has become more obvious now than any other time. But then, of course, we realize that the challenges of infrastructural development in Ghana uh, has also been in such a way that cycling lanes have also become a victim. 
of, uh, of uh, lack of uh, resources and infrastructure development. When you travel outside and you go to other countries where cycling is taken as a, as a serious uh, activity and also as a way of uh, promoting decarbonized transportation so that people tend to rely less on uh, uh, less carbon uh, uh, emissions coming from uh, vehicles and all that kind of stuff. But here in this part of the world, you know the challenges that we face. So things like cycling is not as important. He also called for the adoption of a car-free day, as is the policy in Kigali to encourage cycling, especially in Accra. I've been to Rwanda and I've, I've uh, enjoyed the experience of what you, you just uh, mentioned. And so I think it's all about the commitment. It's all about the, 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 the political will and, and, and the governance, you know, and the, the commitment to do these things. Once it's done in Rwanda, it can also be done in Ghana. But I think you need the level of commitment at the national level. Uh, level to trickle down to enable us to achieve something like that the osadifo criterion which is in commemoration of the bet of ghana's first president osadifo dr kwame Nkrumah, is in his third year and is slated for september 21 this year the event is expected to draw cyclists from across africa to compete for the 15,000 cities and 10,000 ghana cities cash prize for the male and female categories respectively here is Kuku van der Poy, a member of the organizing team. This is the, the course and the distance that will be covered. So the race will be started in front opposite the GRE office at the ministries and will be heading straight to the Ministry of Gender and Social Protection Traffic Light. Then we'll initiate on the right towards the National Theatre National Theatre Road, and then we will go straight to TUC traffic light, and then we will take a right to the Accra Psychiatric Road that leads to the Data Accra Regional Hospital. When we hit the Ridge Roundabout, we come straight down to Parliament House. When we get to the Osu Cemetery traffic light, we hit right again towards the um, Accra Sports Stadium entrance, coming straight towards the starting point. So this is the circuit we'll be competing on. And the total distance, um, total laps that we'll be doing will be 25 laps, 15,000 Ghana cities. The second prize winner will be taking home 7,000 Ghana cities. And the third prize will be taking home 5,000 Ghana cities. With the female elite race, they will be doing a 77 kilometers. And the first prize winner for the female will be taking home a 10,000 Ghana cities. The second prize winner will be taking home a 5,000 Ghana cities. And the third prize winner will be taking home a 3,000 Ghana cities. This is the new jersey for the year for this criterion. And we would post them on our social media pages so you have a better look at them when they are out. The Osage for Criterium is one of many initiatives by the Gladiator Cycling Club of Ghana, including Ghana by Bike, Divas Cycling Club, the Lamisi Project, and the formation of a pro team that has birthed national team cyclists. For Joy Sports, Razak Musbao. Now, the deaf national football team are in danger of missing out of the upcoming fourth edition of the World Cup Championship in Malaysia. The competition is expected to begin on September 20. A financial difficulty for accommodation and feeding is becoming a huge challenge.
Now, the President Christopher Eko has been explaining to my colleague Natana Lato why it is important they make it to the event. Very, to be very frank, the f problems that we have been facing is they are too much. We have been making preparations for uh, Malaysia for so long, for so long, but yet up to now we have not been getting support. Even for the players to camp, we have not been able to get the players to camp. We have, because of that training, they have not been able to train. Because of financial problems where we can get a place for them to train. So they are training on their own. See, so is, is, is it to say that as a unit, the team is unable to train at all? You've not been able to put together any uh, training sessions for this tournament? I say, if, by the grace of God, if we are able to get opportunity for a few days, they will be able to train before the beginning of the tournament. Now, um, tell me about, um, you know, the schedule for this tournament, okay? Because uh, you're supposed to leave by a certain time. Uh, the tournament will take place at a certain time. So if you have uh, two, three days of training, that will definitely not be adequate. Uh, I've always been talking to my players that wherever they are in, uh, where they live, where they are together, they put a lot of effort together to train all the time, train all the time. Because previously we were not able to meet, so they should do that on their own. Because mm -hmm. anytime we are able to meet, because they are already training, they are fit. Just a few tactics that we put in place and they will be able to get up from there. What? What has the, um, you know, the, the, the deaf football team done, the, the leadership of the football team done to reach out to authorities? Obviously, deaf football is also uh, under the Ghana FA. And that is told, it's, it's very difficult to answer. Actually, we need to thank God for that. Our leaders have been helping us, especially the Minister of Sports have been supporting us small, small. Yeah, so we thank the Minister. At least they accepted to pay 20 players and the team to go to Malaysia. Now, how much time do you have to get all of this together? Because, I mean, if you don't leave Ghana for, before the start of the tournament, then it becomes impossible. How much time do you have, and when have you been? When exactly have you been assured by the ministry that money will be given you? Before the, the minister promised the tickets, so the tickets are done with. But the accommodation and the feeding, that one was not. Uh, how much? Them. And just before we wrap up, how much in terms of uh, you know? The yeah, actually, in, 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 yes, in, uh, for for the. Accommodation and feeding, we needed $43,000. I see, $43,000. Well, we hope they do get their support. And uh, Usman Bukhari did score a goal in uh, Red Star Belgrade's loss to Manchester City. Uh, that game ended three goals to one in favour of Manchester City. But he scored uh, the first goal in that game, Osman Bukhari, after some defensive laps by Manchester City.
and uh, he punished them, scoring uh, a goal there in the group stage. It was called for offside, but after VR review, it was accepted as uh, a goal that did stand over there. Well, let's take a look at the fixtures coming up tomorrow uh, in the Champions League. Um, but elsewhere, Paris Saint-Germain themselves did uh, get a, got a win over Dortmund. Two goals to nail. That ended earlier in the game between AC Milan and Newcastle. That game ended uh, goalless over there. But tomorrow, these are the fixtures coming up. Galatasaray will play Copenhagen. Bayern Munich plays Manchester United. Arsenal will play PSV Eindhoven. Sevilla and Lance will be in action. And Real Madrid and Union Berlin. Braga and Napoli. Benfica will also play Salzburg. And Real Sociedad will play Inter Milan. Well, Chris Harrington of DWTV has been offering some insights relative to the performance. So, But uh, tomorrow, these are the games coming up. And, of course, uh, the live commentary of that game between Manchester United and Bayern Munich will be live on Joy FM and Hit FM. So you can make a date with us on those two radio stations. Well, DWTV's uh, sports journalist Chris Harrington has been speaking to me earlier on what to expect from the German teams in the Champions League. When you look at the Tuesday kickoffs, Dortmund and PSG uh, face off against one another. Dortmund coming off their turnaround fixture like I just uh, spoke on. Uh, that should be good, but the reality is they were defeated by PSG the last time these sides meet. But PSG themselves are coming off a domestic loss, so this could op open up the door for an upset. Uh, and in, in terms of the other fixtures, Young Boys and RB Leipzig, both sides are experiencing winning runs. So I think it's up for grabs. RB Leipzig very successful in this competition a few seasons back under Julian Nagelsmann. They have a, a lot of nice pieces. Openda has uh, been looking very good for RB Leipzig and Marco Rosa. Maybe you know there's a victory in uh, their column as well. Real Madrid, Union Berlin. Union Berlin, they're approaching a, a losing streak. Back-to-back -back losses, one to go. Real Madrid are looking spectacular right now in terms of form. I don't like it how it looks for Union Berlin. And uh, Bayern Munich and Manchester United round out the Bundesliga participants in the Champions League. Bayern Munich, they dropped points against Bayer Leverkusen. It was a roller coaster affair. But in terms of competing against Union uh, and competing against Manchester United, you know, uh, they defeated them the last time they met. And uh, Manchester United, you know, they've uh, lost. They have back-to-back -back losses right now. So I, I think Byron looked really good. And then Harry Kane going for some silverware. He's never won anything. I, I think the fact that Harry Kane has already worked himself into the hierarchy inside the Byron locker room, I, I think he'll mean a lot to this team in the competition. So I'm expecting them to go the furthest like they have uh, gone in past seasons out of all of the teams in the league. That's all I have for you in Prime Sports uh, with me, Razak Musbar. Up next is PM Express with Ivan Zmenza. Sports segments was brought to you by Menda DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries.